Welcome to On The Line With. I'm your host, Handling. On The Line With is an arts podcast with a deep dive on mental health, substance abuse, and many social issues and causes at the forefront of our society. Join me every second Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern as I sit with various guests to discuss their art, personal stories, and inspiration from behind the microphone. You'll be on the line with me, Handling, every second Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Thank you. Welcome back to On The Line with Season 2, which is the season premiere. I'm your host, Hanley. I'm your co-host, Cat Pug. And we're here with Vontae Poem, so we're going to let him go ahead and introduce himself. So go ahead, Vontae, and introduce yourself. It's Vontae Poems. I go by the name of Vontae Poems, repping 613, but coming from the 315. And I am on the line with Hanley, and it's about to get live. Yes, sir. <laughs> so thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. I know we had a little bit of conflicting schedules, but we're here now. Yes, sir. And uh, Cat Pubs, the new co-host, mentioned before. What's up, Cat? What up? <laughs> so let's start with the. See, I'm more curious. We were talking about it before, but I'm curious about your move from New York to here. Like music-wise, you find anything's changed? Yeah, a lot has changed. It's a, a bigger support system from the Ottawa community. Uh, when I first came to Ottawa, I felt like there wasn't no uh, hip-hop radio stations. Obviously, CHUO was on and popping since the 90s, I guess. But for the first three years of being in Ottawa, I've never heard of it. I was searching. I even, like in 2016, I even wrote up a draft to start my own radio station. I was trying to uh, look for research to how to get it started. Obviously, it's a whole lot. but. That just try, trying to show you where my mindset was when I first came to Ottawa. Um, I was just, my wife just gave birth to my first daughter. So I was just like, dang, there's nothing else to do. I started the YouTube. I started Purple Haze Nation. I started streaming. Um, but my goal was to put my music behind the YouTube channel, whatever what I was doing. So whether it was gaming, vlogs, whether it was a montage or whatever, I slapped my music behind it. So yeah, a lot of my... My, my channel blew up for a while, uh, especially doing GTA videos, and I had a modded Xbox on 360, so I was giving money drops. You know, hackers was charging $20 for a recovery. All you needed to do was subscribe to my channel, and you got all the money you want on GTA Online. So that's how I, that's how I started with the music. It wasn't directly in Ottawa. It was more so an online thing, and I, I feel like it still is. I feel like my online population is bigger than in Ottawa, but Ottawa shows me love. I opened up for Cameron here, T.I. here, Rich Homie Kwan here, Onyx, um, Little Easy E, uh, DJ Yella from NWA, and uh, a lot more names. So Ottawa shows me love and it's, 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 it's growing. The community is growing and the support from Ottawa itself is growing. How old were you when you started making music? How early? How old were you when you started making music? So, uh, as far as making music, man, um, I remember being in elementary school and Kanye dropped, I think it was college, uh, it was graduation maybe? Late registration? Late registration. And um, there was a song on there, Get em High. Oh, yeah. You know, so the second verse, I don't know who that was, honestly. Kanye versus I too, but the person he had on there, I think it was Talib Kali. I rewrote his whole verse on one side of uh, a piece of paper, 
and I literally took every word, changed the words, the syllables, and try to keep it with the same end rhyme. So when people ask me to rap, I could rap like this in my own words. In my mind, that, that was cheating, you know what I mean? Like, so I was trying to trick people to know I knew how to rap, but I didn't realize that was me actually writing a verse, you know? So I had to be like 10 or 11. I ended up starting writing poetry in middle school and high school. And um, that's how I got the name Vontae Poems. I was doing poetry slams, po spoken word for Black Student Union, Asian Student Unions. On university, I was the president of the poetry club um, for Oswego University and Utica College. I was the president doing giveaways, doing shows, planning shows, marketing, scheduling, all of that. So when I moved here, I didn't I didn't know how to incorporate spoken word, you know. I just wanted I don't know. I don't know. I just started making music. I don't know why I switched from music. I haven't ran back to poetry in a long time. Or I spoken word. I do it on my tracks sometimes, but that's that's where the name comes from, obviously. Mm -hmm. So were you born in the States then? Yeah. I was born yeah, okay. in the I am States. too. Oh yeah? Where? Yeah. Uh Boston. Boston. You're from Boston? Boston. You're dual citizen. Are you dual citizen too? Yes. Yeah? Okay. So cool. are my kids. All so of my cousins and the whole my whole family lives in New York still. Just like my like just like um my like mom and little sister live here, but yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yep. I was born in um a place called Gloversville. Um it's a group home there and my mom was 14 she had me and my twin and then um my mom's from utica so that's where i grew up that's where i grew up utica, New York. speaking of your twin uh i had him on rum chats uh did you guys start making music around the same time you guys have like friendly competition with each other or, or are you guys on different wavelengths when it comes to music no my, my brother always been good at rapping We're, Growing up, you know, it was just brothers in the house. We was just freestyle, like that was normal. That's just what we did. So, um, I I never knew him to actually get serious and making music. When I was in middle school, I was in this group called uh, MOE Money Over Everything. Hop out the whip, turn your brain to spaghetti strings, you know. So, um, yeah, and I remember going to one of my boys' house. Oh man, we were trying to record songs. <laughs> yeah, bling CDs. We was really serious about the shit. Obviously, it never popped off. But his big brother was crazy. His big brother was nuts. He wasn't even his big brother wasn't even supposed to be there. So much that when his mom came home, we all had to run. You should have seen. You would have thought we did something. Everybody running out the house. I lived down the block. His brother trying to go out because he wasn't trying to get caught by mom. Yeah. Anyways, he's planning a fucking gun at my head. He's just playing in the closet, playing a gun. At my head. He's playing around. I'm like, yo, what are you doing? Wait, put the gun at your head? His older brother, my, oh my friend, one of my best friends, older brother. He's he's in jail now. He's crazy. But um, yeah, that was crazy. So yeah, that was the last time that I was part of MOE, so um, huge shout out to Poppin. He was the founder of that. He had some bangers on there. I don't know where you at, Mr. Poppin, but uh, hit me up. <laughs> and um, do you remember the uh, first track that you put out, the name of it? Yeah, my first song was called Man of the Night. It's, uh, it's an official song that I released here in Ottawa. I never made or recorded a song before Ottawa. 
Oh, really? Yeah, so um, it's called Man of the Night. I have a music video to it. It was done like 2015, 2016. I got it done for free, too. It was a college student who was who just needed something for his portfolio. I think he was like a late, he was two weeks late or something. And I put an ad on Kijiji. I was crazy on Kijiji when I first came. <laughs> if I posted a new song, it was on Kijiji. Kijiji, you posted your songs on Kijiji. I posted my song. Yo, I'm a new artist here. Check me out. I met so many people, like free shit. Like people were mixing my songs for free. I mean, obviously That's they cool. weren't good. They're just, they just, they wanted, you know what I mean? But it's the experience music. and stuff. Networking yeah. at the, the end of the day. is fired though. He's now in wow. like Rome. Oh wow. videos on Netflix. Really? Yeah. What's his so, name? His name is uh, Curry, Bermos, Curry, something like that. Cool. Yeah, we called him uh, GC. He's what French. was the school? I'm just curious. Uh, Algonquin. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, yeah Algonquin? Nah, it was some school in Gatineau. Sorry. <clears throat> it was a school in Gatineau. It had a nice oh. green screen room. We went in there. We shot the whole music video in there. That's it was cool. beautiful. That's cool. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah. So. With your recording process, uh, like, what's your procedure when it comes to? Do you do all your write your songs before the studio? Are you in the studio doing? Yeah, no, no. Um, I don't like writing in the studio because you pay by the hour. So I'm not trying to be there for a long time or pay that. So um, shout out to Burrow Media. He's been mixing my song for the last going on four years now, um, but. If I book three hours, I'm doing three songs in three hours. You know what I mean? And then we're talking about recording and mixing. The song is done in an hour. So yeah. me, me and Twix got a really good setup as far as writing goes. I'm still trying to figure out a writing process, to be real with you. Um, I guess I haven't picked one that I like <laughs> or, you know what I mean? So I'm always trying something different. So right now, I'm writing a verse for Shaquem, um, my brother really dope verse he just let me go off for like two minutes on the rest of the beat almost with the feel good remix set up like there's no hook it's just him like drinking little wayne they, how they used to do back in the yeah, day. yeah yeah that's cool um but yeah uh I'll, I'll write the first half of the verse come back to it the next day with a fresh mind so it doesn't seem like i'm like dragging it and then um took me three days just doing that just keep rewriting, keep rewriting. And I really like to memorize a song before I go into the studio. Because if I memorize a song, I know the flow is good. You can't memorize no action. Not only yeah. that, it's but you can tell, well, not always, because I didn't always memorize everything when I went to the studio, but you can tell when someone's reading off something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they're not focused yeah. on their, their exuberance. Right. Then they are more focused on on the pad or on their yeah, on their they, iPhone, yeah, you know. Every word, yeah. yeah. No, I, I get that too. I feel like you but, could connect to the feeling of it more when right. you're you know. Um, when, more important. Just to elaborate, you can move when I don't, you have it memorized and shit. Yeah. You know, so exactly. like, you get a it's a totally different vibe. Yeah. Just to uh, reiterate, when I said whack shit, I don't mean like like whack verse. I'm talking about like when you memorize the verse, your cadences is usually right. You know, your breathing's good and you're not anxious. You know, you're confident. You memorized it. You have nothing to worry about. You know what I mean? Even if you wanted to do it in pieces, you ain't got to split your verse in one take. So I like to go into the studio knowing what I want to do vocals, background vocals, ad libs, 
doubles, harmonies, because I'll record at home. I'll record a demo at home, then bring it to Twig. This is what I did. Bop, bop, and he do his thing. He's great. No, he's dope. I really like him. Twigs is genius behind the boards. He's so chill, too. Like, I feel like when you go into his space, the atmosphere is like, I love that. Yeah, I like it. I like it, too. I like it, too. I like it, too, man. He's, we're similar in a lot of ways. Like, I like to be in the studio and and it's just me. You know what I mean? I don't like nobody there. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't need drinks serving around. I don't need to go out for joints every two hours. We get, you know what I mean? I, brought, I bring my daughter to the studio a, a lot, especially when wifey was working, I couldn't work, and I had to go to the studio. My daughter would sit right there in the car seat with an iPhone or whatever, turned down low while I'm in the booth. You know? Shout to Audio Valley Recording Studios. That's where I recorded a lot from like 2015 to 2017, oh, 18. Nice. What's his name again, the guy that owns it? Audio Valley? Yeah. Oh, I'm not sure. No? I don't know. Okay. I went there once. It's nice. Yeah, it, yeah it's, a, it's legit. It's legit. I've seen photos. Haven't been yeah. in, but I've seen photos. It does look very nice. Yeah, I recorded my first song there, Man of the Night. And why Why is that? Why didn't you have anything released in New York? Um, <clears throat> or while you were in New York, I should say. You know, everybody does music in New York. You know what I mean? It's a saturated <laughs> market. On top of that, no one takes you serious since it's, since it's a saturated market. Oh, he's trying to rap. No matter if I think I'm good or not, you know what I mean? Yeah. I know for sure that my aunts, nobody around me is going to support this because everybody around them is doing this shit. And they've been doing this shit and they didn't pop off yet. So being, you know, I hate to say cliche, but being in the hood, that's your mindset. That's what That was my mindset of making music. When I came out here, I was like, okay, you know, I could, you can get away with spoken word. You know what I mean? Oh, he does spoken that's what, word. I love that, though. Yeah, it's yeah. unique. I'd love exactly. to hear your spoken word. So that's why I didn't. <laughs> I can I can do a little something. You should. Um, but that's why I didn't go. I didn't dabble into music. I love writing, so I did spoken word, did spoken poetry. Um, that's yeah, you know. So that's why. That's why. And the last project you released was After Hours Two Point Five, right? Yes. Yeah, that was an EP. And that that was. Uh, like it was that like a deluxe version of that that was too yeah that's what it essentially was yeah how was the response to each of those it's been amazing after hours two after hours after hours two is my favorite album that i personally made but for it to be everybody else's project that they personally like for me you know those who i talk to you know um it's a good feeling you know so i'm gonna take the criticism good and bad and use it to make the next project yep so i can keep building right now i'm just working on collabs though so and it's free i'm not charging for collabs you want to do collab send it my email is it's fonte poems at gmail we should i'm down like souls unite souls unite is that the song no i just like i just just mean like when you feel like it's like I feel like musical, like you can feel if you vibe collabing, you know? Yeah. Um, I was going to say something though. Oh, what was the reason that, I don't know if you already said this a little bit, but the reason why you came to Canada again. So the reason why I came to Canada was um, to live here permanently with my, with my pregnant wife at the time. Okay. So she was here. She was. She was living. She's from here. Her mom and dad migrated from Thailand in 2006. Okay. To be here, 
Um, so when I met her, she was here, going to school, going to work. Um, I ended up poking her on Facebook. She ended up poking me back. Poke. I remember yeah. the poke. I poked her again. She got pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up told her. I said, look, around that time, um, me and my mom, we were going through it. I ended up leaving the crib, and I texted her. I called her right away. I said, look, your mom's kicking me out. I found an apartment already. I got two jobs. If you don't live with me, that's not going to work. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you want to live with me? If you if, oh. you if if you don't live with me, that's not going to work. Basically. Oh. So I told her, you know what I mean? Like An ultimatum. It wasn't a, an ultimatum. It was a fact. You know what I mean? At the time, I was wild. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to be honest with her beforehand. Like, I'm going to have my own crib. What did you say? You were wild? Yeah, I was wild. I was, I'm going to have my own crib by myself. Ain't no, how how you be faithful? If you're not here, there's no way. I'm just letting her know straight up. Less than seven days, she quit her job. She ran away from home. She quit school, and we set up. We set up house, nice. and she built. She built me ever since. I married her four months later. Um, nice. That all happened at the top of 2013. So we got married August 1st, 2013. Then um, November, we found out she was pregnant, and then January 1st, we moved to Ottawa. Nice. So our parents. To answer your question, our parents, you know, calling every day, worried, of course. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, did you they move, meet you? Um, on Facetime, her, okay. her older sister came down from New York, um, to check on her, yeah. look at the apartment. But I'm talking to them every day more and more. So he's like, come down, uh, move to Ottawa, move to Ottawa. I can help you. Utica is trash, so yeah. it's not a bad idea, you know. But it was hell living with him for the first six months. Mm. Yeah, so, um, yeah, he was like telling my wife in their language, you know, when you're gonna divorce him? Are you what? gonna keep the baby? And, you know, shit like that. So why was he being like that? Um, obviously in his eyes, I kidnapped their daughter. You know what I mean? She was going to school. She had. She was on the right track, and I interrupted that. So, they can yeah. only see from outside. Yeah, you know, and parents, I feel like they get like they go to the uh, they always go to the negative. I feel like I don't because I don't, they want to protect. I don't blame them since I have two daughters of myself now. Um, I can empathize why they would feel like that. You know, shit, you know, but now I got a great job. Like I literally started from his house and you know what i mean a room i would lock myself in that room i had to work with him he had his own cleaning business and that's how i saved up money to get my own apartment that's mm-hmm. a security deposit down ended up in a one bedroom ended wow. up in a two bedroom now we in a four bedroom buying a car next week you know so, you. so they have what can they say <laughs> you know what i mean i got no Shown tattoos that you're, yeah i have no earrings i don't stay out late and not to say that if you do, that don't matter. I'm just saying they have no reason to say that they don't like me at all. They can't. They can't show nothing but like dedication, hard work. Right, right. But shout out to Billy Zone. I might be, I might be getting that tattoo. So I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what yet, but uh, I'm an empty canvas, so to speak. I feel like tattoos are nice. Oh. Yeah. I Ask do I. I feel like it's the older generation. I watch Black Ink on VH1. I watch every season. Well, Black Ink, I don't know that one. You don't know? No. Um, I have, like, I honestly don't remember. I, I don't have a TV. Uh, so I'm, like, very, like, <laughs> like, 
when people talk about shows, I'm like, I don't know. But that's cool. Yeah. So with the deluxe version of 2.5, well, After Hours 2.5, to clarify, uh, how many more tracks were on that compared to the other one? Um, Let Me Fall? Like After Hours 2. Oh, 2. Was that 5. a follow-up from like a part hours. one, obviously? Yeah, I, you just hours. didn't have a two in there? Because you know sometimes yeah, people just yeah. be putting numbers and shit yeah. in their shit. I dropped After Hours in 2019 before the weekend. I have a few bangers on there. I had a song called It Takes Two that everybody loved on there. Um, yeah, so I think that one had that was two and I want to say about 14 songs. And after hours had 14 songs. After hours two had 10 songs. After hours 2.5 had five songs. And I want to say this. I dropped okay in last year in November I released Let Me Fall, which is an album, ten songs. I think. Somebody I can't think right now. Anyways When I was going through your Instagram and things again the other day just to like refresh some things. I, I saw that too. Yeah. I worked hard. That's two albums in less than a year. You definitely work hard in general and in every way of your life, it seems. Appreciate that. <laughs> Pure work hard. My oldest daughter, it's, she comes up to me. I have my own like office in my house. She opens the door. She said, what, Daddy, why do you always make songs and stuff? Someone forced you to do it. <laughs> I, said, I said no. It's, just it's something that I love to do. Oh, that's so nice that she sees yeah. it though. Like that's cute. Yeah. So, which one's the oldest one? Divine or Denalia? Denalia. That is such a beautiful and unique name. I, I've never heard Denalia. Like, yeah. Do you nickname her or anything? Uh, yeah, her nickname is Yaya B or Baby Poems. Baby Poems. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I got that. I got that name by. Uh, I was working at a customer service for Verizon Wireless, was while I was in Utica, New York. Mm-hmm. And someone called, and her name is Denalia, and it stuck with me. I was like, Damn, that's a fire name. It and is a fire a, name, and it's a D. You know what I mean? My name starts with a D. Yeah. My name start with a D. D's are not, or maybe it's just me, but I'm like, I feel like the names that start with D are not as common. And my my mom's name is Diana, and her dad's name is David. So like. Divine and Denalia just attached them on. And, you know, Divine came after a. Um, I love that too. Divine is what you call a rainbow baby. She came after a miscarriage that my wife okay. had. So we named her Divine. That's why it's called a rainbow baby? Yeah. Why it, do they call it that? I, just, not, I was I just born after that. a miscarriage. I was born after three. Really? Yeah. They call it a rainbow baby, and there's, some, there's another word for it too that's probably more common, but. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. You're a pot of gold. You came no, after I've three. never heard someone say that. I found that interesting. Yeah. That's, Divine. Yeah, I think I that's never, so beautiful, too. Never heard that term, Rainbow Babe, before. No. Nope. I Googled it. <laughs> Divine Feminine. I Googled it. Yeah. I want my name to be Divine now. Am I going to steal your children's name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Denalia. Yep, Denalia and Divine. Beautiful. So. Yes. You've been in the scene now for a few years. What artists uh, do you uh, enjoy working with like the most? Uh, artists I love working with the most is probably, I work with a lot of ladies. 
So uh, it would be Misha and Dominique Gurley. So Misha always usually uh, hits me up for like her music videos and I'll do like BTS and whatnot. Um, and like she always brings food. Aww. We're working on a, a joint project that I have to get back working on. I changed my verse like 20 times, honestly. We changed the whole lineup. We've been working on this for years, you know, so I don't know what we're going to end up doing, but um, I'm going to send that over, see what she wants to do with it. But yeah, Misha, we, we work a lot, and I've known her since I first started working in Ottawa, her and Johnny Brown in 2015. So shout out to Misha and Dominique Gurley. Yo, we got some records. We got like three songs that we've done already. And it's always a vibe. We have a song coming out pretty soon called Lies. That's cool. And uh, it's one of my favorite verses. I already like the name of that. <laughs> yeah. When do you think that's going to drop? I have no idea. It's, it's her song. <laughs> Molly's in court. I know we were, supposed to, we were supposed to link up for a photo shoot soon for it. So... It's gonna, it's gonna happen. Nice. Yeah. And uh, Purple Haze Nation is like a, you're like a movement, or is yeah, it... it's a it's a movement. It's a creators community. It's a um, it started off on 360 on YouTube, uh, and my name was Purple Haze Vontae. So you know, I'm a stoner, hippie, if you will. As my. <laughs> And um, I I was known on 2K for mostly passing the ball. So, on, on the, <laughs> yeah, no, for real. On the leaderboards. I, it's just every, how honest it was. No. Nah, I was real. just known for passing the ball. I was just known for <laughs> passing the ball. Everybody else was trying to get number one three points made, number one in shooting, number one in steals, blocks. I got number one in assists. People weren't trying hard. People like to play with me because I, they know they're going to get the ball from me. And I like playing with the other dudes. So I know they're gonna make it. <laughs> so, so um, 2K community started to rise. People started calling me Dimes because you know when you pass the boss, what makes it? Let's call it Dime. And uh, my name is Purple Haze, so they call me Dimes and Purple Haze, like a dime bag of Purple Haze. So, yeah. I stuck with that. I made that the YouTube channel, and um, now so it's more about the music. Uh, we got. Aiko, who's the president, he's been subscribed to the channel since 2016. Um, we have Chucky the Don. If you watch the YouTube channel, he's known as Color Touch. He has some classic videos, like role-playing GTA videos where we're acting, doing cut scenes. Amazing. And uh, Frankie. Frankie, uh, he is a junior in high school, but he's the creative creator director. He does, he did the brand new logo that you see for the crown. He does um, all the cover arts now for Purple Haze Nation if you're in the group. On top of being in Purple Haze Nation, I have something called PHN Mixing, where um, you send your, your vocals to me, and I send them to Twigs to get them mixed, and I pay for the mixing. So being in PHN brings a lot of value to an artist that's just trying to make it, something that I wish someone did for me when I first started making music in Ottawa, you know, so trying to start a label too because we're not label i keep saying label just a distribution within phn not outside because on district kid you can add people to right um whatever so everyone in phn will eventually wouldn't have to pay for their own district kid or their own distribution you know so you're getting your songs mixed you're getting your song distributed 
and next year I plan on doing marketing. So. Cool. Where are you gonna do that? Um, I don't know. I'm talking to a few people about you know running ads on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram for people in PHA. So. I'll run some ads for you on here. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Then we got I told you, man. I'm, I'm not just a podcast. That uh, I do the same thing. Two P Media, like the umbrella, and then okay. everything okay. under it. Okay, so, that's a good network to have. You know, maybe you can interview some some of the one of the members from PHN or whatnot. Send them my way. It could be on either this or on the YouTube series. Yeah, the YouTube series. Doesn't matter which one it is. Either yeah. one, either one showcases the music. Probably get Echo up here since he's the president. Oh, definitely. No, I wouldn't mind having him on the YouTube series too, actually, yeah. especially with the new track. Yeah. And yeah. I need to, I need to fill slots, but. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. The kids in the background is a vibe. It no, is. I like it. We're yeah. outside, adapting to COVID as usual. <laughs> exactly. Because people still aren't listening. <laughs> they will after this. Yeah. They got no choice. I actually don't mind recording outside. I, honestly, the background noise is just like... I was literally thinking that right now. This yeah. is like a really... This is my favorite spot. Like I, I was just looking at the steam behind you, the trees, the light, and the sun. It's really nice. Yep. Yeah, because you know what? I grew up in this park. I think this park is where it, it used to be. be. It used to, can you imagine this? They the put winter. a wooden... A wooden like play structure here when I when I was younger it was a wooden play structure. No, are you crazy? That sucks. You know how many splinters you get? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I feel like I remember that too, getting splinters. Yeah. They didn't think that shit through. <laughs> like sliding down a plastic slide and then you touch like the side and you got a big ass splinter in your left arm. Yeah, I didn't even like slides. I hated the static shot. <laughs> I did too. Yeah. I didn't slide down them. Yeah, me neither. Like, I was like was I ran up them. <laughs> <laughs> Stand out from the rest. <laughs> At like water parks and stuff, I would actually I would get like uh, terrified. I would have like panic attacks as a kid. I remember in like the, the slides the water. No, I, I don't. I think I just never like slides. See, kids. me, like, you're the same. I, I don't go. I've never been down a water slide. Fuck that. I remember I waited in line actually, for probably an hour to get to the top of this big one. It was like a tube, and then I got to the top. I was like, I, I can't do this. I had to do the walk yeah. of shame down the whole staircase. It was so. I, mean, I was like, I don't give. A, I was like, I can't do it. It's not happening. I feel claustrophobic is what it is in those little spaces. Most of the time, I went on those water slides or roller coasters. It was more so peer pressure. Yeah, it's a peer pressure. Thing. I remember I told this girl one time. Yeah, you know I mean, we, we went on this Philly trip. And uh, shout out to Upper Bound. So we were going to Philly. We were staying in hotels. I was working in high school. I was a dishwasher. Nice. So there was I know a... that gig all too well. It's actually not a bad gig. It's not. <laughs> Thank you. It's I not. did dishwashing too. And I worked at a place where my mom worked at. So you know what I mean. So I was like the golden boy. But anyways, <laughs> I was telling this girl, I was like, listen, I'm gonna give you every single dollar. I, I was simping before simping was simping. You were what? I was simping before simping was simping. What is simping? You don't know what simping? No. Simping. She's not with all the slang. Oh my god. Simping simping is doing whatever doing whatever for the cooch, basically. Okay. Yeah. Like, so basically so you were good at that before? Oh hell yeah. So, <laughs> so I told you so like, You were wild. Yeah, so everybody else was drug dealing. I, I had a job. So you know what I mean? So anyways, I I was telling her, listen, every 
every time I buy something and if they give me a single dollar bill, this is the state. So if they give me a dollar bill, I'm gonna give it to you. She made like thirty dollars. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. so um, we went to Six Flags. That's a good place. Of America, they had a, a ride called the Super uh, Superman, and that shit was high as hell. So she was like, "Come on, come on, Devante, come on." Was it a roller coaster? Hell yeah! yeah. Okay. I don't nah, remember this is the biggest drop in the whole. This is Six Flags of America. Like this is the biggest roller coaster in the freaking states at the time. So I was like, I don't love you that much. <laughs> Just, that was the last time I talked to her on the whole trip. Nah. Like, hell no. that, shit. that was the end of the relationship. Yeah, no, hell no. You got me fucked up. You think I'm gonna go on a roller coaster for some pussy? Hell no. Like dollar bills is easy. I can trick. You know what I mean? I can, I can, I can buy shit. But you don't need to go on some crazy. Hell no. Fuck that. Fuck that. I have a love hate relationship with them though, like, because I feel like I kind of like the thrill. I like the adrenaline, but I need someone to push me to do it. Like I need a little buddy. Yeah. Yeah, I need a, I need someone who's a little bit more brave than me. So I would go with my cousin. She would fucking take you on everyone. But yeah, yeah, do it. I remember That's riding funny. a roller coaster because I thought it wasn't that bad. So I'm looking at the roller coaster and my friends. I'm with the boys. It's not that bad, Vontae. Look, it's not that bad. And plus, I'm not gonna bitch out with the boys. What I'm gonna do is stand outside while they are. <laughs> so we go on the roller coaster and that shit got a drop on it. Like I didn't realize <clears> this <throat> until going up. Huh. That shit got oh, it's not bad. It's not bad. And what? And what it is? <laughs> it was like a race. Two roller coasters racing at the same time. So you think you're about to hit? It was crazy. Oh my god! It's like so intense when you're yeah, you're going up, up. I actually hate that feeling. Yeah. Love hate. Just waiting for that moment to happen. You're like, just I set it over. I my eyes. Yeah. I think I like stop breathing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what I do. Damn, nah. I leave my body. I couldn't leave my body during those times. Oh, that's funny. Yo, oh, with that girl, I did go on a roller coaster. It was the Joker. Oh. When you first go in, everything's black. You don't know if you're going up, down, or around. I think so, I went on that one. It like sucks you in at first too. Her, her I'm not with so it. Red. <laughs> After Aww, the ride, really? Swear to God, she was laughing at me the whole time. So she thought I was gonna go on that Superman. After that, hell no. No, no. Yeah. I, uh, I was gonna say, oh, I, I, I wonder if that place is even open right now. No, I'm like thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> what place? Uh, Six Flags. Oh. It the is states, the best spot, the, though. It's the like states are than, crazy. The states probably have it open. It's better than any uh, amusement park in Canada, I'd say. Six Flags. Yeah. yeah. The. Just to get back to Purple Haze Nation for a sec, when did you found? When was that founded? Uh, July eighth, twenty fifteen. Um, I associate the day this day I started. You're the founder, right? The channel, yes. Okay, it's me, just me. And uh, are there like are you? You said you're using it as a distributor. In uh, a sense, like, well, I'm, you're promoting I'm, artists I'm, on it as well, I'm going right? to, I'm, I'm going to try to start that maybe next year, but the focus of Purple Haze Nation is just a creator's community and, you know, just trying to help and motivate and inspire the youth, you know, so a lot of Purple Haze Nation, the youths, you know, so I try to do the PHN mixing, you know, promote them on the page, 
So when I, the Purple Haze Nation page started off as the OTT report. I used to run a page called the OTT report. Then I would like shout people out on the page and whatnot. So I did that to build the page. And then when it got like 2,000 followers, I changed it to Purple Haze Nation. Nice. YouTube makes it hard as hell to have a custom URL now. I'm still working with that random jibber jabber oh, of man. a link. I, had that. I hate that shit. I got that too. I need 100 subscribers before I could. I never changed mine, even though I could. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry about it. It's just because, like, everything else has, like, the moniker at the end, and then <laughs> YouTube comes up. It's just one big ass link. Yeah. Thank God for Linktree. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I'm trying to think of more questions about Purple Haze Nation because it was intriguing when I started following it. Yeah, the, mm. the channel is going to be growing again soon because I'm getting my, my streaming equipment back again, the one I was using to build the page, I mean, build the channel. It's called a Hobbitch HD PVR 2 edition. So I, you can stream, you can stream anything. It's, everything is HDMI. If it was a PS4, Xbox One, 360, Fire TV, and you can literally stream that to anything, YouTube, Twitch, Facebook. And within that software, you can play music in the background, sound effects, logos. Yeah, it sounds like a good tool to have. Yeah, I bought this back in 2015. And um, the connector inside of it, like, broke. Like, when you shake the, it's only this big. When you shake it, you can hear it inside. Yeah. So, um all the people in purple it's feels like deja vu by the way i don't know but anyways this moment here i know <laughs> yeah. i kind of thought too a yeah bit. something about the lighting and like with the sun i don't know everything it's nice though it's a good feeling yeah so i ended up hitting them up like two months ago and they were just like hey it's just 30 dollars to fix it but i had this tossed to the side for only 30 dollars said say less i sent yeah. it in it's coming back in the mail later next week and um I'm excited. Purple Haze Nation is, is excited because I can change all the podcasts into gaming. You know what I mean? I can interview someone playing Call of Duty Cold War. You know what I mean? Or yeah. 2K or some shit. You There's a mean? guy in uh, Montreal. His name's, uh, I think it's Stephen Roy. He has a podcast or a show called Bridge the Gap. I don't know if you follow him on Instagram. It's behind that suit. It sounds familiar. But he has like the same like tool, I'm assuming, because like he does his interviews and like he'll either be gaming or he'll just be doing something else. Yeah. Streaming something else. So that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. Those gaming views is I got one I got one view uh, video sitting at like hundred and twenty views. And it's just a how-to video of how to play online 2K. Like, <laughs> like, like you can literally, I, I seen something, and this is what I'm gonna do. Y'all could take this idea. Anybody could take this idea. If you want a nice growing YouTube channel, make videos of rain. It don't even have to be real rain. It can be videos simulated rain with sound effect rains and you know, in your iMovie or whatnot. People watch that all day. Why you know, is that? If you think? post it every day, like uh, people are always searching up sounds. Ambient like, sounds. Like, the ASMR kind of thing you're talking about? Like uh, sounds? Yes. Yeah, just like 
it's like soothing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I like that. I listen to that. Uh, yes. It's like that girl who eats pickles and shells. Right. Yeah. And if you <laughs> if you do that, YouTube will automatically like put your shit in someone's recommended. Like, hey, try this one. This one does the same thing. And shit like that. So. Cool. Okay. And it's safe. It's just rain. You know, you're not doing nothing too crazy. YouTube will bank on that rain for ads and everything. It'll make it rain. Right. <laughs> right. Another trick on YouTube is you want to make the most videos in the fall and around the holidays. Because during Black Friday and Christmas and New Year's, Best Buy is selling. You know, Walmart is selling. So they're giving ads to YouTube. So if you posting videos every day, during Black Friday, just know you're gonna see an increase in growth, and avenue, uh, in um, revenue, in revenue. Thank you for for those months. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm. It's a good tip. Good tip. Got a lot of tips. Yeah. Not enough. I ain't got the key yet. I ain't got the key yet. I feel like you know though. It's like Keep learning. Yeah, keep learning. Always evolving. That's the key. That is the key. Yeah. <laughs> that is the, <laughs> the key. key. You said it. Yeah. It's so true. Just your overall music in general, who, uh, like, did you have any mentors or anything? I had Johnny Brown. Um, I always seen him as a mentor, but uh, because he was running the little side business at Audio Valley, him and Trey Timeless, when I first came out. Um, ended up being my best friend. I ended up putting an ad on Kijiji looking for a place to record, and I think he responded. And he was like, hit me up on SoundCloud and um, come to the studio. Fast forward now, man, he's the godfather of my youngest daughter. You know, we're best friends, you know what I mean? So, um, What's the question again? <laughs> <laughs> Mentors and like inspirations, yeah. like Johnny, Johnny Brown, um, Fire Rise people that's close to me, because when I first came to Ottawa, when I started music, I didn't know anyone. You know, um, people like um, Brandon. Shout out to the Di uh, Diamond Mine Agency who helped me get a lot of my shows. I would consider uh, I would consider him taking me under his wing. I would consider Magic Mike. Magic Mike got me some really shout out to Magic Mike. He's crazy, but you know, I mean, he comes through. He got me a few shows like a fashion show, um, Halloween party show, like you know, especially that fashion show. That was pretty lit. That sounds really yeah. cool. And it was like an African, and I want like, to be there. And like, he, he, I was the only person performing, so like, because of him and people like, um, um. Alex from CA2O. Uh, I was a host on the morning shift for a good six months when I worked at Ottawa University. I remember the night shift, I would get off work at six, go straight to the morning shift be a, be a, and have my shift ready. Ended up starting my own podcast so I could do what I want to do, play what I want to play. And um, yeah, those are, I guess, some key people in Ottawa who really helped me out in, in this industry. What is your, yeah. like, favorite, like, music? Like, it's, like, just the performing part, the writing part. So you're, like, what is your, like, favorite? It's performing. Yeah? It's performing. When That's I, amazing. When I write, I write to perform. That's really. cool. Like, if I can't. Perform. I want to see you perform that. <laughs> right now? We should do a little performance <laughs> in the park. You should. 
I always want to. Yeah. That'd actually be cool. Do a little live show here. I don't mind. I don't I've been mind. thinking about things. <laughs> you what? I've already been thinking about things like that. Yeah. We're always on the same wavelength. You know? I don't know. The spot here is cool. So, performance your favorite part. Performing is my favorite part because you, like you can do what you want. Um, you get to control the crowd. You get, yeah, but in, in the studio, you have to be extremely perfect. You know what I mean? And perform. But do you? you do. You do. And when you're, I feel like in studio, that's the finals. You know what I mean? It's not performing. Performing is the celebration. When you're in studio, that's the finals because if you're. If, if you're not good in the studio, it's not going to hit in the speakers. You know what I mean? The only reason why I'm performing this song is because y'all fucked with it already when you heard it on the track. You know what I mean? It, it passed the first test. So now that I can perform it, I don't have to worry about being perfect. I can, you know what I mean, switch it up if I want to. I can surprise you. I can bring a special guest to hop on the verse. I can hit a quick melody instead of rapping it this time. If the crowd is dead, I know what to do. If the crowd is already hyped, I don't have much to do. You know what I mean? So I love performing. It, it's a way of another way of me expressing myself. Beautiful. Yeah. Do you uh, ever get nervous? It doesn't seem like Hell yeah. Yeah? Especially it doesn't even seem like it, the way you're talking no, about it. No, 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 I always no, no. find that like I'm getting nervous right now. Think about it. No, really? I, I get Sorry. really nervous, really, really anxious. Like oh, especially I do too. So that's why I'm asking. But no. it seems like you're but you're yeah. so passionate, you love it so much. That's <laughs> what I find fucking cool. Is like you do it anyway. Because yeah. the love is greater than the fear. Yeah. The camera on show that's that's facts. <laughs> that was love facts. is greater than the fear. <laughs> that's facts. That's fucking um, facts. On the camera on show just before going up. I was so nervous, hyperventilating. Like I felt like I had to go to the bathroom. I just went to the bathroom. I wanted water, and I don't like to drink or anything. I'll smoke to calm the nerves. But some... you smoke weed to calm mm -hmm. the nerves? Okay. Yeah. So um, this guy who's at the I don't know maybe he was the security making sure nobody would go on stage. He was like, "Why are you nervous?" Yeah. And he's like, "This is what you love to do, right? This is what you want to do, right? Don't be nervous." <laughs> and that just calmed me straight down. You know. Oh, that's so cute. But anytime I touch the mic. Honestly, it all goes away because how I try to settle down as well is imagine how they must feel watching me up here. Yeah. Like I better do good. You know what I mean? Because they will let me. They will let me know. Yeah, it's yeah. so true. Once you're on there and you're in the zone, like mm -hmm. oh yeah, okay. they'll let you know. Yeah, they'll let you know. <laughs> um, and then you go on. Like, do you ever have anybody playing instruments with you ever, or is it usually like I want to, I want to, want but to? it's always the ox. When I went on tour. Uh, the East Canadian tour, tour with Rise Up TV. I brought a laptop and just hooked the ox. You do it yourself. Yeah. So you're a one man show pretty much when you're up there. Yeah. That's I'm, what's probably. It's record. not prefer. It's not preferred because I don't got bread like that to pay for a band. That's, it's cool though. I don't yeah. Know. I find it, I find it, it's like. But I would pay for the bread if you're a band out there. You fuck with Vontae It needs Holmes. to be the right piece of bread. Though. Right, the right piece of bread. Can't right. just be no ordinary yeah. we wonder fuck, white we, bread. We fucking with that potato bread. I think it depends on the venues yeah. too. Yeah. I don't even know what my like favorite so, bread is. Some venues. Like no, having a band bread. in it, the acoustics and shit just wouldn't work for like Yeah. Yeah. Especially in Ottawa, the buildings are old a lot of them, so like that's why ritual was so great. Right. Ritual. Where I I felt that's, like it's it was, closed. Now. I know, but like I feel like it was not even there long. It was there a long time. Okay, it was. Yeah. It was like the spot where it was like kind of like in the alley. You know, like the little uh, alley thing, right? Right. Yeah, like you know where the. It was my favorite bar. I only went a couple of times when I was I don't even know, like younger. I don't remember. 
but I remember I loved what I loved about it is people actually danced in there and there's like a little dance floor. I liked the layout of it. Like there was like they had a upstairs and downstairs. The basement was the hip hop. Yeah, the hip hop was. Like all the bars in Ottawa, like disintegrated or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, especially after COVID. But now we have a park. Set up a little bar. So you turn the fear into love. Yes. And then the anxiety nerves. They go away completely, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you work on it. You know what I mean? Sometimes, uh, like, I like to think sometimes I get into my zone. But sometimes I can be very conscious on stage, especially if it's a a singy song and I don't have air pieces in my ear and I don't hear the bass too well. And then my mind starts going. I like to hear this, like um, an air monitor. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've worn those before. Little pieces in your yeah, room. I never worn one either. Do you like them? Um, I wear them when I when I practice at home. Yes. It just plays the beat in your ear. It plays the beat in here. You can hear. I have a whole setup where I have a wireless microphone. I also have a big speaker, so it's playing in the air monitor. And the air monitor is different from the speakers, just like a real club or you know show or performance. So I might have just the vocals in my ears, with the music up a tidbit with no bass but the speaker that's coming out you hear the full-fledged song you know what i mean so i can just hear yeah so when you practice like that you <clears throat> i have to remember to do muscle memory because when you're performing you can't hear shit <laughs> you can't hear shit on the stage no nope. but i learned that if you talk to the sound engineer Turn the autumn t- turn the monitors on. Every stage has stage monitors, and it's a different monitor or speakers than what the people that are dancing are listening to. I didn't learn that until I went on tour. Misha taught me this while I was on tour. She she written up a a tech writer for me, and she said just send, give it to whatever uh, sound engineer you're at at the night, and uh, they'll hook you up. And when I send them that, when I give them that, they all respected me. You know what I mean? They looked at me different. This one guy tried to tell me in the last show, um, trust me, I've been doing this for years. Um, just let me, I said, no, no, I've been practicing this for you. You know what I mean? Like, this is everything for me. Please, you need to have it like this. I didn't write this up for no reason. I'm trying to make it seem like I wrote it up, you know? So, yeah, so like, and you know, when you do that, in the music industry, they respect you even more. You know, don't even, don't think that you know you'll settle for less that you'll settle for less they might hate you for it but the respect gonna be there yeah. well they see yeah. that you know what you're talking about right right she's good right so yeah and i don't think it's something i, I feel like i don't i feel like they wouldn't hate you depends on like the way you say it too it's like you know what, what works for you and yeah should, like you're you're performing you should make want to make it perfect for you right yeah but yeah i practice every day with my home equipment especially with the singing and with the melodies and practicing my vocals nice and you prefer rapping or singing more um i prefer singing uh, but it's not something that i'm totally amazing at at least i don't like i like to think that i have a lot of growth to do I'm really good at rapping. Lately, I've been snapping. No pun intended. Like, snapping. That just, that just happened. What is? 
Wait, is this another term that I don't know? Oh, snapping? Know when, you, when you snap, it just means like... Or lingo, whatever the word is. How I'm oh, saying... <laughs> You're laughing at me. No, how I'm saying Swine. it in context is when I'm snapping is like... Late, like, every, I've been working on collabs and features, so... Um, I've been rapping, like, bars. Bars and, you know, of course, a nice little flow to make them understand what you're trying to say, but... I've been snapping. Like people want to hear rapping Vante poems. I do the little rap singing thing as well, you know. So, what from what I heard, your little voice at the beginning there, mm-hmm. your little sing. I was like, no, you have a good voice. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate That's that. It, it always it wasn't. Yeah, always I think you're like a great singer. Yeah, I think well, you are too. Like, I thank was you. Like, what? I was like, <laughs> I'm still learning. Like people who I no, grew up with are, are like, fuck. no, people who I grew up with are like, yo, like. No, but any I've never heard you sing before. Know that they're always gonna grow. Sing a little dingle. I could sing. Um, it's been two years now, and it's still heavy on my mind. And it's time to get it out. Too long I kept this inside. So yeah, I said it. Yeah. I and I feel ashamed. I was working, I was married, had you staying late, and forgave myself. And the pain I gave was more than pain I felt. But it takes two to do what we do in every angle. If you keep it 100, I'll never have to change you. We don't speak. So it's hard not to blame you. It takes two. It takes two. Thank you. There we go. Beautiful. I wrote that um, 2019 uh, after hours. That was really good. And uh, yeah, it was a it was a crazy time during that time. I wanted to write something sad on a on a up up tempo beat. Shout out to Johnny Brown. You got a really nice, soulful, rich voice. Thank you, I appreciate it. Sing more. I, I do. I like it a lot. Okay. Fine. The singing with the rap. Yeah, that's what the that's people like. I, that's what it. That's what I like that. Yeah. Like, I think that's like really nice. Because it's such, a, it's a different little sound. Thanks. Yo, 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 yo! You're listening to Open Them Curtains right here on, on the line with Hanley. Make sure you go listen and go stream After Hours to Open Them Curtains. Let's go. Open the 
Like always, we'll get into the mental health talk. Uh, any personal battles with it? Mental health, mental illness, they're two different things. So Right. Um, I was very close to it as far as my brothers go. Both of my brothers were um, institutionalized uh, growing up. I had to go visit them sometimes to where they were. I personally didn't deal with mental illness. I, I actually I could say that I have, <laughs> you know, dealing with my brothers and you know, yeah, um, you not to say that a, from not, an outside well, well, point of view with the mental illness part because that's a diagnosis. Right. I mean, my 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 family is is a huge background in mental health, even more so me. I have um, bipolar disorder. As do I. Yeah, and um, depression. So that's something I dealt with my whole life. When were you diagnosed with that? Uh, first started going to therapy was sixth grade or seventh grade, was twelve or eleven. So you knew early on. Then. Hmm. You knew early on then. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, was it the the mood swings or like the manics and then lows or like what was what gave you the uh, or what gave your it was more so, um, I mean, it was more so the physical aspect to it. Sometimes, like, uh, my bipolar, it, it's a, it's, it's, it can be manic. Like, I'll go off and work six, six weeks straight, and then I don't want to do anything for the next six weeks. But my mom would notice as a kid when I'm, I was more physical with the other kids or whatnot or you know, wanted to fight just because I wanted to fight or, you know, get into drama. Okay, so aggressive kind of. I was, yeah. That's what you mean by physical? Yeah, aggressive, yeah. Angry a little bit? <laughs> now, I wouldn't even say angry. Like, okay, I'll As give you. As a kid, you just don't know what's going on. I'll give you an example. No. In middle school, I really liked this girl. But what I would do is, you know, try to tickle her or I'll put her in a headlock or, you know, or, you know, pick her up and. You know what I mean? Like that's how guys actually sometimes show their love when they're you know, right. I mean, yeah. Like, what do I know? You know. What but I mean? that is like actually, I feel like a, a thing. Sorry, keep going. No, you're right. You're right. It's true. And like one of her friends, she was with her, and she was like, "Devante, if you like her, that's not how you." You know what I mean? Like you, you don't have to touch her all the time. And you know, so like, my doctor told me that that was part of it. You know, sometimes you don't even know you're just being physical. Like I'll walk up behind one of my friends out of nowhere behind the school, <laughs> and while we're in school. Put him in the head like, yeah, go sleep. <laughs> go sleep. Shh. Sounds like it was coming from a loving place, though. Yeah, yeah. Not I mean, me as like a, 
person nah, being a very mean nah, child. No, nah, no, nah, nah, nah. but I, I, I could be. I could be. I, I, I learned how to calm down. I don't take, um, I haven't taken bipolar medication or depression medication or even ADHD in this case since first year of college. You uh, haven't? No, okay. I haven't. You stopped haven't. all of it? I mean, yeah, I stopped all of it. If you want to consider like smoking weed, I, I'm, I smoke weed a lot, a lot, a lot. No judgment. Me too. So, mother nature's oh yeah of right course there. of course okay, so plan. so why do you I, think it's there i use that to uh regulate my feelings or emotions i'm also on this tip to um mindfulness and uh stoicism reading books like um 48 laws of power or human nature book. or laws of attraction and just realizing that uh, you know, being human is nothing special, for real, for real. You know, we're really great at intellect. You know what I mean? We're, we're animals, as we are. We're in the wild. There's trees, there's bugs, there's squirrels. And I try to think of as everything as, you know, nothing here is temporary. So I appreciate everything in life. I try to go about everything in life with a nice, cool, calm attitude. So you get me? You raise you raise four notches to where I'm at. I'm not, I'm not at six and then you raise me to 10, I'm at one, and then you raise me to four or five, you know what I mean? So I try to keep that intact. But when I first came out of it, it was, it was a lot of things that I had to work on, you know? You weren't as like calm? I wasn't, no. You actually, I, I did notice that right away from you. I was mm -hmm. like, you have really calm energy. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. It's a very nice, it's grounding, nice energy. It's something that I work on. It's good. Constantly. Well, also our society, I feel like, tells us to almost not be that way. Yeah. Like they're like, if you, well, they don't, men, they don't, men act, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, women too. It's yeah, but us. it's like, there's this, it's not even like necessarily saying it, it's just like the energy in, in the society is like to always be go, go, go. And like, it's like, fuck. It's like, no, actually, we get more accomplished when we're calm, clear, and collective. Yeah. Not only that, one thing I tell my daughters all the time is, um, Damn, my mind just went blank. What did Sorry. you just say? You had you had a very good, interesting point. Um, Always on the go, go, go. Go, 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 palm clear. Oh, yes. Okay. Right. That was a good point. So um, our mind is is different from our actions. So what I'm trying to say is a lot of things happen in our mind that we react physically to. So my daughter's afraid of the dark. We all are as kids. She doesn't like to go downstairs in the kitchen. Um, because that means she has to turn on the lights and she doesn't want to look for the light because she has to walk through the dark. I had a talk with her and this changed her whole outlook. I said, I said, you're suffering in your mind more than I wanted to say reality. But for her to understand, I said, in, instead of real life, you're suffering in your mind instead of real life. I said, I said, if you are ever in danger, someone touches you, you know, someone hits you, you scream and you call daddy and I will protect you. Her face lit up. She smiled. And she was, and I was like, remember, sometimes it can be all in your imagination. Your imagination is very powerful. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you have to remember to turn it off. So I try to That's teach mindfulness. That's and, beautiful. Yes. Yeah. So sometimes even when you're walking through Walmart, you have to realize, you know, just like there's good good lions tigers and bears there's bad humans and good humans you know what i mean but if nothing is really going on someone's talking bad at you someone calls you ugly someone calls you dirty i tell my daughter imagine how they must feel to even say that to you you know if if that's 
that's just coming out of their imagination. You know, said so someone says calls you ugly or, or whatnot, you don't react. Mm-hmm. You walk away. You don't even give them your energy. That's Why would you even want to be around someone like that? Yes. Imagine how they must feel. That's good advice to give her. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Kids especially. Like it's so good that you're putting like putting that in there mm-hmm. te- teaching them that now early. Mm-hmm. They don't teach us that when we're young. I know one taught me. These that. are the things that keep us these are the most important things. More important than fucking math and shit. Like whatever. Yes. Actually math is probably the most useful course, no, but you know what I mean? You're right. Like, you're right. I feel the exact same way. Because it's very true. There needs to be more real life skills added into curriculums. Our mind can like, our mind can be the worst enemy. Everybody's produced like the factory. Yeah. Our mind is the worst. It's always the same curriculum. You're just like robots going through a factory. Right. You do your you do your time in it, and then you're out, and you're like, "What the fuck do I do now?" Exactly. I'm I'm real um protective when it comes to my daughter's mental because mental health as you should, and mental these illness days, runs in my family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So every day, and um, does that I know, concern you a lot? It does concern me a lot um, because I know it's. I don't want to say it skipped me because that sounds um, dis- disrespectful to my brother or my little brother. But, oh. I, but I'm saying because I didn't go through what they go through, that doesn't mean it's not in my genes. So, yeah. so every day I try to tell my my daughters, "You're beautiful. You're awesome. You're amazing. You're wonderful, and you're powerful. Don't let no one ever tell you different." I make sure I get on the floor and play the games with them. I read them books, not every night, you know, but definitely when she asks, I try. I sometimes try to get away most nights, but if she comes to me, "Daddy, fine," and you know, I go read her a bedtime book. I try to be there. I was in the foster system growing up. You know, I didn't have that. So being a dad is amazing. You know what I mean? Healing you, I feel. It's oh yes. Like, I, that's, that's if really- I, I feel like my daughters healed me. If I had a son, I, I think it would be a lot different. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cute. Cause you can't be rough with daughters, you know. So yeah, you you have to learn to be. They soft open up. I polite. feel like a softness in the man. Oh uh, yeah. Like in yeah. a beautiful way because <laughs> we all need that. I don't know. Anyway, that's so. I, that's yeah. really cute. I'm happy to hear that. I um, I was going to say something. With the foster home situation, yeah. uh, <laughs> was that, uh, how, how long were you in foster care for before you got? So I was in foster care from, I believe, four years old till nine years old. First four years of my life. you have a big memory on, like? Um, I, I would be lying if I said yeah, because I don't. Uh, a lot of it's a blur. A lot of it may be blocked out. I don't know. Um, People with like mental health and mental illness like to suppress and repress things a lot. Yeah, it, I, it is, it, and that's what like that's where like the it. that's where the breakdowns happen after a period of just pushing it like to the back, where like you just forget about it for a while. But you know, it's like it's like we almost can't help it. It's like I feel like sorry, I'm just saying. Like, no, right? it's, it's true. Like, it's our bodies like literally like protecting us because you're in the fight or flight survival mode. So it's literally, it's, it's. it's I think then it bothered me. How you old know, were you when you were first in there again, sorry? When I what? When you went into the foster home. Um, four years old. Okay. Yeah, I was four years old. Yep. Um, I remember that day. I remember the cops coming. I remember them banging on the door and um, the cops rushing into the house like it was a raid. I had my mom by the refrigerator, handcuffing her. Um, 
That's traumatic for. And then the cop tried to put. Uh, he did. He put me on his shoulders, and you know, they uh, while we stood outside and watched my mom get handcuffed. And then the van pulled up with the gold symbol, gold symbol, which is the New York State foster system symbol. I don't know what that was, but I'm seeing it vividly in my in my imagination. And then we they drove us to the foster home. They dropped us off quick, that easy. And, they, and you never see your mother again. Nope, she went to jail. I think. What was she going to jail for? Um, from what I believe, uh, prostitution and cocaine. Yeah. And. Uh, so you ha- you haven't met her afterwards at all, or have you? Yeah, yeah, not really though. Um, I don't think I ever spoke to her face to face ever. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked on the phone a few times during my first year at university with my dad too. Uh, apparently, they were back together. Um, she she struggles with uh, alcoholism and substance abuse. Um, sometimes she would call me like crying at university <clears throat> and how I am. That's, that's that too. But yeah, but how I am, I, and I guess it is now that you say that, but how, how I am is like, I, I really don't care. You know what I mean? Like if something is were to be traumatic, like even, even in my past, the same, like, I don't remember and you're saying, cause it's suppressed. When I tell you, like, honestly, I don't care. Whatever happened, happened. All I know is I'm creating the future because one day my years around this sun is going to be over. It's going to be lights out. So, like, there's a lot of things. I'm, that's why I was excited to come here because I don't get to, you know, visit places in my mental that I do every day. Sometimes when I get stuck in there, it does nothing for me. It doesn't. So, you get stuck in your um, Just in different like mental states or oh. th- bringing up different things and what happened in my life. Sometimes I will to try to understand why I'm like this or like that. But trying to fill in the gaps and wanting to reconnect with my moms or my aunts, it's not something that I'm um, into right now. If it happens, like if they pull up to the crib, <laughs> oh, well, it happens. But um just because I'm in a very great state of my life and I know what it can do for my mental, I, I, I stay closed, you know? Yeah, I, I might, you, it's hard to access me. When I'm with my daughters, my phone could be off. There's before. pros and cons to it. Of course. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's I a think, good idea, yeah. maybe, it, but. It's still traumatic, and there's, you know? It, there's yeah. gonna come a time where when you're Regardless yeah. what the situation is that brings it to the forefront of your thought, you're gonna have to face something. And regardless, you know what, though, like but you're, where regardless, you're at yeah. is on your journey, and you're. I feel like, like you're doing. I feel like you're wise, and you're following what's best for you right now. And that is what's healthy. Right, I agree. That's what's healthy. Yes, that's that's what's healthy. I, I don't like think that. that we always need to like go dive into like our past and examine it and be like, oh, blah blah blah. Because I actually oh no, because you don't want to trigger yeah. what. But also, it's like sometimes it's like then you're more in your mind, trying to figure shit out all the time. And like just accept your life now. There's so much beauty, and like there's you're newing, you're rebirth. That's yeah. why I find it's different when you try to figure it out by yourself, or as compared to when you're trying to figure it out with people you're talking to about it. Because I think opinions matter sometimes. Mm-hmm. Not always, <laughs> but sometimes. Yeah. I think you know, from a different it. perspective, yeah. like 
you know what it's like to be in your shoes, you know what I mean? So yeah. I went to therapy since sixth grade all the way till the second year of college. Um, and I'm talking about like two hours every Thursday, you know, in a psychiatric, like not psychiatric, like in a therapist, like nice couch, light yeah. lamp, lights down low. So like <laughs> visiting it and, you know, it's something that, I've, you know, or talking about it or it's something that I've always done. I even did like this program in New York that they have. Uh, called Big Brothers Big Sisters, where you go on trips and you get a mentor. Yeah. I went on this thing. That. That's good. I had a mentor with a with a guy. It wasn't Big Brothers Big Sisters, but I was eighteen, so they would they would bring like shout out to Clinton. I don't know if he if you're listening, he would bring us to the park. And, you know what I mean? Like, so so I guess I always use that to to open up. And but you're right. It's gonna become. It's gonna come a time where i have no choice and i agree with you I, as far as right now maybe i'm not ready for that yet you know what i mean of course my daughters have questions and and whatnot and i answer truthfully always you know i don't try to make up no story but um yeah those right those questions might it might be the right question she won't answer one day and i don't know how i would approach it what kind of questions are they asking like for example <laughs> my daughter deserves to know like her who you know, she, she her dad was adopted. She might want to know, or she might want to, I don't know, like explore. Yeah. I feel like when she's older. Yeah. And I also think that you're literally you're doing what's best for you, and by doing what's best for you, you are being a better father. That's right. Yeah, you're doing if you're, if you're, if right you're, by them. Yeah, because if you know that by opening that door, you're gonna be it's gonna affect your mental state and everything, yeah. and you're not gonna be feeling as good. Probably not gonna be want to re- be reading her stories. Yeah. It's gonna. I feel like. And that's why mental health issues and mental illness and stuff like that is just so unpredictable sometimes. Yeah. Especially all, with like the bipolar. Like, yeah. That's like so, that's a fucking yeah. tough so you one. Diagnosed at six for that and the depression. A sixth grade. But uh yeah, I was diagnosed so, with bipolar um thirteen in middle school, yeah. Yeah, around that 12, 13, maybe yeah. 14. Did you feel that there was something wrong with you or whatever, or like something off, or I don't know, like um, or was it more your mom noticing? I, I'm going to be honest, I never noticed anything. I hated taking medication. Matter of fact, most of my life would be acting like I took the pills, but I didn't. I would hate when I take the pills, when I accident. <laughs> I would accidentally take the pills when I wanted to not take it, and sometimes I would go like, two months doing that no one would notice so i would accidentally take a pill and if you guys know about medication you got to work your way up to whatever that dose was so now it's strong as fucking you know what i mean so like my mom was pretty strict so if she she never found out but she would have found out i didn't take it sounds like you didn't even fucking eat. i hated it it wasn't me like i'm very strong medication even like, in school there's a lot more side effects to them than there are benefits the only benefit that you possibly getting out of it is you're either a little like it raises you or it lowers you depending on what part of bipolar you're dealing with at that moment. It's, it's oh, the, the bi- are you talking about the bipolar? Well, pills? bipolar in general, yeah, because okay. I I, I don't was really given know. antidepressants and all that, and I'm the same way. They didn't do anything for me, so I'm not gonna just damage my liver and kidneys yeah. and shit for 
yeah. something you know that I could just That's try true. and figure out another way. For but instance, people, like, it helps. Yeah, no, so don't like, get me wrong. I'm not no, saying, I know. I'm just saying people who I'm it like, works for, it works for. And there's other people who are doing psychedelics and MDMA to help deal with their depression and right. like PTSD and things like that. Right. Like there's experimental things that yeah, they're doing. that's cool. But shrooms are like one of the most fast approaching things like psilocybin. Yeah. And like it's true. I mean, Almost I've experimented and, and it recircuits your brain. Definitely. Yeah. Shrooms yeah. will change you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to do shrooms and in university once, but I didn't. He definitely tried. He's like, he had a bag, put it in a burger. But no, I'm good. What a weed. You at. should only do shrooms if you want to do shrooms. Yeah. And if you feel called, I would never suggest doing shrooms just to fucking do shrooms. They're not. I don't know. That's how I feel with them. Because I feel like they're very, they're very emotional. And he's, a lot of psychedelics are. Yeah, and, and you're like, what the fuck. <laughs> People say bad trips and stuff, though. I think the only reason why is because they're doing it not with the right intention. Yeah. It's the environment as well. I feel like you need to have intention when you take these things. You need it in a good environment, too. Yeah, and like the people you're around. Like. And you always need a safe person. Yeah, I always, <laughs> I would just do it with one friend. Right. Go outside on a walk for like eight hours. That's what I did. It's the best, actually. Yep. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> At the end of the walk, it was like a, probably like a journey. I feel like it's a journey. But the thing is, people, they're like, yeah, we got to get a quarter of shrooms so I could fix my depression. No, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. It's like micro-dosing. It's like a 0.5 or maybe a gram most, depending yeah. on your weight. Yeah. And if it helps, it helps. I mean. So then you were, just going back to what you are saying, so then you were not taking pills. So then, you did, like, what ended up happening? Did you just, like, kind of stop taking them completely? Um... Or like, yeah, like, argued with your mom about it. No one knew I wasn't taking my pills. Honestly, like, you're rebellious. I, like I actually, actually, my mom did well, because of my grades. You feel me? Of course, the concerta or you know what I mean, the Ritalin. You're gonna do better on the test because, of course, as a kid, your your attention span is this small. Like, so even these days, man, adults are attention span is so diminished due to like social media. Right. We only spend so much time on like a certain like aspect of whatever you're looking at, and then right. it's on to the next thing. Maybe I'll look back later, maybe not. Mm-hmm. That's a fact, bro. Like more and more each day, it's just I know it's always something new. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I hated taking meds. I mean, so like I mean, I didn't go like I never went. I don't know. Like I, I don't know. I always try to maintain myself. I always try to uh, be myself, you know. I, I always, I, like, I can talk to anybody when I'm off meds. When I'm on medication, I couldn't talk to a girl. I couldn't approach nobody. It made I wasn't, you, like, quiet or something? Yeah, oh, hella quiet. I wasn't oh. I wasn't quick-minded. I wasn't funny. Yeah, it just numbs you. It's just, like, it sucked. Like, like, people would be talking, and then because I feel like... I have nothing good to say. I would just sit there and be quiet like this. And then at the same feeling, I would feel like, oh, they must think something's wrong with me. So then you just say something. You know, yeah, it was. I know where you're coming from with that. That's so crazy. So it was literally like, it was like kind of changing your personality. It was changing my personality for sure. So it's good that you were trusting yourself and not taking it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, you got to trust 
when your body's telling you something. Yeah, I appreciate that. At the time, you know, I just thought something was wrong with me, you know. It seems like nothing was even wrong with you. You It seems like you were being told that something was wrong with you. Yeah. (laughs) Just from what what I'm hearing. I was bad in school, though. Like, I was suspended. I was damn near expelled with Superintendent Herons. I remember um, one thing I hated in school was bullying. Like, you couldn't. There was one situation where um, Larry and Denzel, they pinned me against the wall and was like, do my homework. You know what I mean? I let that, you know what I mean? I took that L. But I remember that same night, I thought to myself, that's just never going to happen again. So, like, um, in middle school, there was a situation. I was in um, the uh, gym, gym class. We're in the weight room. And uh, Cody was teasing me. I don't know what he was teasing me about. All I remember is I took a five-pound rubber um, weight, um, dumbbells, and socked them across the head. I didn't give, like, I I really didn't care. So, um, shit like that. Like, there was times in school, someone tried to bully me on the bus. I thought so, like, the way I thought at the time was, yo, like, if I let this slide, it's only October. They 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 think they're gonna think I'm a punk for the rest of the year. So yeah, I ended up fighting the dude just so people won't think I'm a punk. You know, shit like that. So you know, you know, I didn't have nobody to guide me in the right direction. So people, people like my mom or the doctors would obviously, or the teachers or the principal think something's wrong with him. But really, I had nothing. I had. At a young age, I had to learn how to survive on yes. my own. Yes. You know what I mean? I had nobody there to protect and provide for me. So dealing with what you dealt with, like growing up thinking, well, not thinking, uh, being diagnosed with the bipolar and stuff, now you feel you have a better control on it now than you did, I don't know, five years ago? Um, I always thought I had a good control on it, to be honest. Uh, I always felt like I didn't need medicine. I remember telling my mom that a lot of times. Um, my she mom just dismissed it, I guess. My mom did a lot of things. She was re- uh, re- religious. She was. Uh, she didn't smoke. She didn't drink. She was strict. I went to rehab in 11th grade for marijuana. Uh, my mom woke me up. She found a weed seed because I was rolling up in the bathroom. It was 4 in the morning. When I say my adopted mom, when I say my mom, so she smacked me. Boom. Where's this weed? Boom, boom, boom. She had a take-home drug test. Fucking, I think I peed on a stick or something, and it popped up positive. She took me to the family doctor the next... I know. She took me to the family doctor the next day. Drug testing me again. Jesus. Uh, We're going to sign him up for rehab. Blah, blah, blah. I was a property of the state, so to speak, because I was a foster system, so healthcare was free for me. I didn't have to pay for a lot of healthcare stuff. So um, rehab was, I had to go for six months. So it took about two months to get in. So when I first go to the rehab, they tell me to um, take another drug test and it came up negative, you know? So I was there for six months, all negative, all negative. Even the first test, the doctor told my mom, well, he obviously could stop on his own. I mean, we don't. No, he still needs to go. He still, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody's there from oxycotton. Yeah. Everybody's there heroin. You're smoking a holy herb. 
and they all know my mom. Like yeah. I go in there, you know, Utica is so small, tight knit. I didn't know him from school. I either know him from church or I either know him from the after school programs. Yeah. So like I knew like a lot of people in there, and they just said, "Yo, mom, my mom." <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, it was crazy growing up, trying to be who I wanted to be, and people trying to mold me who I who they thought I should be. Mm-hmm. And, and meanwhile, during this time, you said your two brothers were like in the institution, right? Yeah, a lot what of were they in the institution program. Um, Shaquem, I don't know if he spoke about it on his show. I we had him on the YouTube channel, it was mostly uh, about music. Um, I guess I never really talked to him officially about this, but he ran away from home one day. He had he had school, he had a show for no, he had a school, he had a soccer game. Now, mm-hmm. uh, he was playing for middle school and he never came home, so oh. um. My mom called the police. It's like 10 o'clock at night. We got school tomorrow. So um, the police is like, you got to wait 24 hours, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. So they ended up finding him in the woods by the middle school, which is way up north of Utica. And um, yeah, he, he was having an episode to where he thought the forest was his was a magical forest or you know he's he's schizophrenic both of my brothers are okay and my little brother is more auditory schizophrenic like he he hears stuff instead of seeing stuff shakim will see stuff i don't think he had an episode since then but my little brother was way worse he was in and out in and out shakim was in and then he was out mm-hmm. yep that's all interesting, and then yeah, and then you're being sent to fucking rehab for smoking weed, like. Right. I just can imagine that you felt like I can actually feel it. It's like, yeah, like it so was frustrating. Stupid. It's like they're making you seem like there's something wrong with you, and you're like the wisest one, just trying to make, just trying. I feel it. You're right. trying to just do your thing and survive, and then people are all attacking you, and yeah. like you were like actually doing nothing wrong. Yeah. That's what I feel. That's why I stay to myself. Yeah. You know. When I was young, when I was even playing this stuff, I would be like, this would get me in trouble. Would this worth me getting in trouble? Yeah, I'm going to go to this party tonight. It'll be the biggest party ever. And um, my mom wanted to ground me. You know, I'll take the two weeks. She wanted to take my phone. I remember one time I went and took my phone. She grounded me. I took the SIM card out. I got another phone and I was using the phone. She thought I didn't have a phone. She thought she took my phone. I actually went on. Um, you were a middle child, right? I was a middle child. I, was I, too. I went through all her mail looking for her last digits on her social security number. So I can <laughs> call the phone company to turn the phone back on. It, yeah. You were like clever, I feel. I did all that. Mm-mm. I did all that. Man. Yeah, it's been a good conversation. Yeah. A lot more insight to who you are as a person rather than just Vontae poems. Yeah, yeah, like I said, it's like I, I, I don't let every everybody access me. Like right now, I didn't check my phone that one time. When I went my daughter's, my phone could be dead. It, it was dead to me regardless, you know. So I try to be in the moment, and you know, not my not making myself accessible. Last year I was crazy doing the YouTube live series. We had Pikmin, we had Malcolm Max, we had Blake Alexander, Echo, Purple Haze Nation, Queen Supa, like Misha. It was a lot of drama filled, you know. Everybody's hitting me up. Purple Haze Nation going down because now we got Pikmin and Malcolm X 
arguing and then Malcolm X said something about my wife and now I'm yelling and screaming looking stupid on YouTube like on draining like being upset. Yeah. but it's like I feel like it's important yeah. for a period of time right but then it's like you can't do that forever right so what I, what I do with that is on my story every day especially when I'm at work I make a thing where it says ask a question make a statement we have top discussions and um I use that, you know, I don't, I'm not really too much in my DMs unless we talk in business, like of course we are, or in a PHN chat, just because I don't want to be in everybody's else business, I don't want to be in everybody else's drama, I'll like your picture, I'll comment your stuff, I even go out to events, I can't wait till the, the city start opening back up, but when I'm at that event, just know I'm going to be there, and I'm not going to be on Instagram story in it, I might vlog it for YouTube or whatnot, that's me working. But like as far as everybody has having my number or having you know being able to call me on Instagram or Facebook Messenger, you can't. No, you know, so that's why I fuck with y'all. You know what I mean? I respect that you a lot. Call me guys. You guys can call me at any time. You can text me, and I'm gonna text back. What's I really up? like that. Not a lot of people are like present like that anymore. I feel like it's rare. Right. Try to teach my daughter that too. Like everybody doesn't get to get to be around your energy i tell my daughter don't not reveal as in clothes but i'm talking about reveal as in personality and so you don't always have to reveal yourself people have to earn to know who you are that's such a good that is the best advice you could give her Thanks. oh my god yeah. i didn't get that advice as a young girl girls actually i don't know men too but it's like that's so good to tell your daughter yeah uh, yeah <laughs> because what i've been through with the taking medication and the doctors and mama telling my daughter can do whatever she wants today um she'll ask for um daddy can i put makeup on um why why you want to put makeup on well i want to put lipstick on well why you want to put lipstick on well i want to feel pretty I said you don't feel pretty. she said i know i am pretty i just want to feel pretty i said that's a great reason go ahead go put lipstick on <laughs> or if she wants to put makeup on does your hair look nice gotta do your hair gonna put makeup on so even though you know my mom just bought her um uh trading bras uh, so now it's, it's just a whole nother thing <laughs> yeah yeah so like i tell her you know you want to walk around the house with your you know just your bra on cool fine but if we have guests on you need to make sure that you know you cover it up training bra <laughs> yeah just trying to show you like my daughter, like, <laughs> this is what I deal with now. She's just getting older and older, oh you know. That so. must be like an interesting feeling when the daughter gets older, like that. Yeah, I don't know. I, well, I'm not a dad, so I don't know, but it's like I can imagine. It's like, well, her favorite artist right now is little, little Nas X. <laughs> so I called her into the room yesterday. I said, Did you see a recent picture of little Nas X? She said, No, she said, No. I said, Oh, you don't see him pregnant. Say yeah, I seen her pregnant. I said, like, "What do you feel about it? What do you think about it?" Cause little like she loves Montero. She loves mm-hmm. um, that other song he has. What is it called? With Jack uh, Jack Harlow. Anyways, um, oh, industry baby. Or industry something? baby. Yeah, mm-hmm. she loves that song too. So, how do you feel about it? She said, "I think it's weird." And then she was gonna say something. She she didn't say. I said, "No, say it." I said, "I'm listening." <laughs> she said, "But men can't have babies." I said. Well, duh. I said, it's obviously makeup. He might have a music video <laughs> or a movie coming soon. She said, oh, okay. You know, so. And then we played Industry Baby after that. So I let her figure out who she wants to be, and then we talk. It's nice. It's good. It's really important to yeah. have those conversations. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's been a great conversation with mm-hmm. you, Bonte. Very 
great. The pleasure's been mine for real. It's been really nice. So I guess we'll cut it here. Again, it's been a season premiere of On the Line with Season 2. I'm your host, Hanley. I'm your co-host, Cat Pug. Uh, we're here at Vante Poems. And uh, any links you want to leave? Yeah, make sure you guys go follow Purple Haze Nation. Um, go listen to Feel Good Remix that just dropped. Listen to After Hours 2.5. Follow me on Instagram at It's Vante Poems. If you forget, just remember, it's Vante Poems. And I'm out. Good having you, dude. So nice. Pleasure's been mine. Yo, yo, yo. I go by the name of Monte Poems. You're about to listen to So Many Regrets by me off my latest project called After Hours 2.5. I got so many regrets. Eh? Hope you like it. I'm out. I don't wanna be the one to dish ya Hate it when you're gone, but I miss ya All on the gram, looking vicious I just just looking at the pictures, hey No, you do the same Try to make a way Cause even when it rains There's some aches and pains Regret what I did Regret when you're not here Regret I got so many regrets, hey Regret when I'm Say